hello there. Welcome back to another podcast episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with Indy Randawa. Hello, everyone. And me, Samantha Hees. And we are here on a very rainy June day, and uh, we're ready to talk about the movie Bombshell. Bombshell from Bombshell. 2019, starring Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, John Lithgow, Allison Janney, Malcolm McDowell, Kate McKinnon. Everybody. Connie Britton. <laughs> Everybody is in this. Mark Duplass was in it, and his wife, Katie Astleton, I forget her name, mm. Astleton, something like that. Wait, her last name is Assholton? Astle? Astle. Astleton? I, well, I'm not sure exactly what her name is, but she has like one line, so we don't have to talk about her no. too much. Also, Richard Kind is in it. That was weird. There's a lot of people in this. Yeah. But like the rest kind of makes sense because they're like, Richard Kind is never in anything dramatic. I've never seen him in anything dramatic. I've never seen him not playing Richard Kind. So oh. it was weird. He plays Rudolph Giuliani. Yeah. And it, that was a weird one. Anyway, are we just getting right into it? Apparently, we're just jumping right Let's in. Let's just go for it. Um, so as the name of the podcast would suggest, uh, I loved this movie. Did you? I don't think I loved it. Okay. It was good. It was good. It's a good movie. Okay. I'll take that. It's worth watching. It's important to watch. It's very important content. I don't think I loved it, though. Because I think the the most important thing about this movie is not the film itself. It's mm -hmm. the story. So I feel like if you read about it, you read a book that had the same content, you kept up to date with what was going on in the news, that's just as valuable, I think, as this movie. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to say I love this movie and it's amazing because it did so much because the film didn't necessarily add a lot to it. It's not a bad movie by any stretch. Right. It's a good movie. But I don't think I loved it. Do you still love it? I still love it. Um, I Like you said, I think it's a very important topic. And I think it um, says a lot that all of these like super famous people really felt passionately about this project. And I've, um, I've read quite a bit about like like news articles and interviews and stuff that the cast have done. And they all said like, as soon as I knew what it was about, I, I knew I needed to be involved. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So um, I think this is definitely an important movie and a movie that was really, really well done um, for the content because it definitely could have been one of those movies where they really go for something and they try something and it just doesn't it, – it falls flat or it's it's trying too hard. Right. This movie is serious. It has a couple funny moments, um, but it really doesn't try to use like comedy or levity to take away from how serious this – problem is definitely i think with a lot of movies when you have an important message and it's a true story mm -hmm. you can do a few different things and there are occasions where people elevate that and make it something like truly amazing mm -hmm. i really loved like the malcolm x biopic that spike lee did and i think that's great filmmaking as well well i think this movie is an important story and has very good performances mm -hmm. but i would say it's a competently made film it's not like a beautiful film perhaps no. and that's not um it sounds like i'm really slighting the movie but most movies aren't very yeah. few movies are like true works of art mm -hmm. this movie's uh biggest feature is the content and they were able to convey that in a in an effective way so it's it's successful at what it's doing i don't think it's going to blow you away if you 
are already familiar with the story. Mm. It's going to fill in those gaps. It's going to make you angry. And then that's a good thing. That's you should thing. be angry. Yes. And uncomfortable. Yes. There are definitely points in the movie where you feel very uncomfortable. And it's going to give some nuance to the story. So it's all, it's, it's a well done movie. Like, I really liked this. It looked exactly like how you would imagine Fox News would look. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't think a lot of people have been inside of Fox News, but I've been inside a television studio and I've seen what all of those little um, like cubicles and little like workrooms and recording studios and that kind of thing look like. So it's definitely um, very true to what you think it looks like and then what it sounds like, what it seems like, how chaotic it is. Um, and I really enjoyed uh bringing this to you because you also have experience in like radio and television one of the things i liked best were the scenes that were in the office and you kind of get them like the the hectic chaotic mm -hmm. nature of everything the the fast pace and the pacing of the movie really reflects that too it's a movie that has a lot of dialogue coming at you real quick mm -hmm. and it's a movie that doesn't let up no I can't remember how long it was, but I remember saying at the end that it's one of those movies that feels both longer and shorter. Shorter in the sense that there's no lulls in it. Mm -hmm. It's go, 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 and that's a good thing. But longer in the sense is that I feel like you get so much. You learn a lot. You have pretty well-developed characters mm -hmm. in the amount of time that usually it would take a longer movie to get all of that. So you always say that you worry about what I'm going to think about this movie. <laughs> yeah. In this one, of course, there's going to be stuff I don't like. Of course. Do you want to preemptively address it before I start going at it? No, I want I want to hear what you say. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. What do you think? Honestly, do you not know where I'm going to go? <laughs> I want to hear you say it. I wish that you would bring me a movie of a woman or women overcoming obstacles when those women aren't also very racist. Mm -hmm. It seems like every time you bring me a movie, you're like, look at this woman, she's doing all these. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. But also, she's very racist. Mm -hmm. So it just, it complicates things so much. And this is one of those. Right. I definitely see what you're saying. I think um, this one, because it's Fox News, there's definitely going to be that kind of, I don't know how to put it, there's going to be that certain amount of um, conservativeness and racism and everything just because it's Fox News. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that takes away from the fact that there was a, like a, not a tradition. A culture of a like, culture. misogyny. Yeah, a culture yeah. of misogyny and that it was just pretty much okay that you ask a pretty female reporter to lift up her skirt because you know that she wants to work there so badly and she wants to be on the air that that's just okay that's just what you have to do no and those are two very separate things and i don't mm -hmm. think they should be linked but i remember after our gone with the wind episode mm -hmm. people are like well you hate women because you called scarlett o'hare uh, a racist i was like no you can be a feminist icon in some way and be racist and she was like mm -hmm. you can't say that she's not racist if she's has slaves, right? Or yeah. in this case, like, if you're not familiar with the people, um, Megyn Kelly is, is very racist. She was famous for saying, like, Santa has to be white. Jesus also was white. If you don't think he was white, you're, like, a liar. Yeah. Um, she blamed people who were shot and murdered by police. She said, well, they were no saints. They were probably asking for it. Uh, she said, like, if people would just listen, they wouldn't get shot by police so much. 
she when they discovered all the systemic racism in the ferguson police force she goes well everyone's pretty racist that just happens it doesn't mean they're bad people which you know if you're murdering people and you're a racist it kind of doesn't mean you're a bad person carlson on the other hand was one of the people who said accused obama of being a muslim which is just code for terrorist in their (laughs) minds uh she's against all sorts of employment discrimination laws and it's not like those characters being racist stops this movie from being a good movie. There's all sorts of great movies that have uh, people that it's either based upon mm-hmm. or that made it who are terrible. But I still think like Lenny Riefenstahl is a great filmmaker. She was a Nazi. True. <laughs> yes. I definitely think that I wish that this had been set at a place where there wasn't just racism running rampant and sexism running rampant. But I definitely think this is a good start of telling stories of people overcoming this kind of problem. Yeah. And like, I think we were talking earlier when I was talking about Gilmore Girls and my my love <laughs> of that show and my rant about how because they're feminist role models that they're expected to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And I think my my debate about this one is are these characters able to still be like the feminist icons that this movie's portraying them as being? I'm not the one to decide what feminism is or is not, but it kind of feels like shouldn't feminism be for all women? Yes. If you're excluding all black and brown people, are you a feminist? And I, I don't know. I don't know. Can you be feminist and racist? It's uh, tough to say, but the movie doesn't address that right they just wash their hands of that whole issue they have little clips of them saying racist things but it's just like "Eh, you know fox and it's just kind of like a funny little thing that they throw in there and that's fine because yeah that's what happened and that's not what this story is but i do feel like the movie portrays the two of them Gretchen Carlson and Megan Kelly as heroes, as true heroes. I definitely agree that we could have gone a little bit more into some of their faults because it was definitely portraying Megan Kelly, especially as this family centered, um, like nice white blonde lady, basically. And uh, I think that addressing some of her more conservative values and um some of the really racist things that she said it would have been um better for the movie in the long run i think because it would have shown that she was like a real human because they do make her almost seem like a superhero yeah and i wonder if that is better for the movie does it detract from the valuable message this movie does have to include that Mm -hmm. and i think that's maybe why they avoided it yeah it's fair if you are making a a piece of fiction to leave out certain things and focus on what your message is, because mm-hmm. this is a valuable message. But if you're portraying this as a true story and you're using everyone's real names and you're basing it on real events, and then you cut something out, it feels like you are cutting out some of the truth. And I get yeah. why they're doing it, because I feel like it would weaken the point of the movie and at some point you step back and you look at this movie and you're like are these racist millionaires feminist heroes Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's it's so hard it's like all those things we talk about of can you remove the art from someone from like the true person right like i don't know maybe you're a big r kelly fan michael jackson right you're like he did terrible things but i like his music It's, it's it's hard yeah and 
I don't have a good answer for that either. And But this is interesting because it's just one part of a person's character versus the other part. And I guess we just have to look at this movie about what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. And it does a great job at at telling that story. It definitely fails a completely other story, but I guess you could just make the argument that that's not the story they're interested in. But can you separate them? It's tough. Yeah. It's very tough. I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think it's it's like, would this be the same powerful movie if, if they'd included how racist these people are? Yeah. I think the way I'm going to try to look at it, because I got to say my piece. Yes. And let's fully admit, pretty much all the people in this movie, even the people who do great things, have done terrible things. Yes. They've um, harmed lives. They've incited riots. They are, they're, they're bigots is what they mm-hmm. are. And we admit that, and we're going to move forward, go talking about what the movie's concerned with. I think I'm going to try to look at it for now as, uh, like, this is like the story of, let's make up a guy. His name's Steve. Joe. <laughs> Steve Joe. Steve Joe. So you hear the story about Steve Joe, and he, he rescued a nun from a burning bus, and you're like, awesome. This guy is great. And like, oh, do you know what his job is? And you're like, no, what's his job? Oh, he punches kittens for a living. <laughs> and you're like, oh... Well, shit, I don't like the kitten punching, but I like the nun rescuing. And they're like, well, let's just talk about the nun rescuing. It's like, okay, but as long as you know, he punches kittens all the time. He loves punching kittens. And we're like, okay, he loves punching kittens. That's bad. That's a problem. And we talked about that. And now we can go on to talk about the nun rescuing about this movie. (laughs) Excellent. Let's talk about the nun rescuing. Because Gretchen Carlson and Megan Kelly are kitten punchers. They are kitten punchers. Just one last thing on that. I think that they could have um, used those two characters uh, that are kind of added characters, not based on real people, based on accounts, but not on like an actual certain person. Like the Margot Robbie the character. The Margot Robbie character and the Kate McKinnon character. I wasn't sure if Kate McKinnon was based on someone real or not. They're composite characters. Okay, I knew the Margot Robbie was. Yeah. And the Kate McKinnon one... I find this almost more problematic because if she's a just a made-up mm-hmm. character and they're like, oh, see, look, she's a lesbian and she works at Fox News, Fox News so we're cool, right? But, like, no, because you made that character up and yeah. they didn't even really address things. They just did that one bit, which they is like a throwaway comedy bit. And yeah. was funny of, like, this, if you're, this is a Fox story. It needs to scare your grandma and anger your grandpa. And that's, like, a good bit. That's funny. Yeah. That's accurate. But if you're going to put a composite character in, like, let that person speak for this side of the argument of like, yeah, all these people are terrible. Terrible things are happening to them. Mm -hmm. They are victims and survivors of terrible things, but also they're perpetrators of other terrible things. Yes. And one doesn't have to weigh on the other. Them being terrible doesn't diminish what they went through. Mm -hmm. I do think them being terrible diminishes them as like a hero character that the movie is trying to portray. Okay. Let's talk about the nun rescuing. Yes. I'm done with the kitten punching. Okay, so we're just talking about this movie in the frame of sexual harassment in the workplace. Or let's just talk about this movie in the frame of what's on screen. What's on screen. Rather than what's left off. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I definitely think that this is an important movie in that it is showing women stepping forward um, and showing that it's okay to be strong and put yourself out there and um, it doesn't always end badly, I guess, for you. Um, I definitely think that's something that is a scary 
uh, situation to put yourself in, um, speaking out against your boss or someone who could really come after you and ruin your life. Um, and I think that uh, watching women do this allows other women to have courage to do it. Yeah, and hopefully that's what people get from this movie. People who have experienced this or have witnessed this and kind of felt like, well, there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. There is a success story of how this can work. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the most important things is it goes from the story of one person who's saying this happened to me. And then it kind of branches out into the story of all of these people who didn't know that the others were out there saying Mm -hmm. like this happened to all of us. Yes. And how one person taking that first step is what leads to some actual change in this one instance, at least. Um, So kind of towards the end of the movie, um, Megan Kelly is talking to Kayla, who is Margot Robbie's character. And she's saying, it happened to me too. Are you okay? And Kayla's turns around and says, didn't you think about the people who would come after you and how, you should have stood up for yourself back then because you have basically, by not speaking up, have allowed generations of women after you to be put in that same situation. And uh, I thought that was so strong because it it would be very easy for them to show the three of them, Gretchen, Megan, and Kayla, kind of teaming up and becoming this, like, girl group, right? Like, oh, we're fighting sexism in the workplace and we're going up against the man and we're working together as women but I definitely think it was really important to have that moment where she says like didn't you think about like the fact that this would just keep happening and I thought that was a really powerful moment I actually wrote that down and it was maybe my very favorite scene in in the movie and it was the strongest point of this Mm -hmm. movie because in that scene you have um a woman blaming another woman for not coming forward. Yes. And that's so so complex mm-hmm. and so telling and so indicative of this situation because in her mind, she's saying like, well, I wouldn't have been harassed if you had done this. But then she's also blaming the person who can understand her situation more than anyone. Yeah. And she's also doing the same thing because she hadn't come forward herself. Mm-hmm. And it's it gives great insight into this really complex inner working of this character even though she's not an actual person mm-hmm. she's representative of so many mm-hmm. because in her mind she wasn't even able to just blame the perpetrator because so it's such a complex situation it's so systemic and she was just looking for some sort of help and no one had been giving it to her. Mm-hmm. And later you get the same character having a, a kind of a voiceover uh, asking what she did to deserve this. Mm-hmm. And that was a really beautiful and touching and painful insight into someone who's who survived this. Mm-hmm. That they've been so ingrained into this way of thinking that she couldn't even just quickly switch and say, like, this person did this to me, they're bad. Mm -hmm. They had to look at other women who didn't come forward and at themselves as being somehow complicit in this. And that's that's such a painful thing to hear, that victims and survivors are taking on so much of the blame. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so real and also something that isn't talked about nearly as much mm-hmm. that kind of uh, proposed movie you were talking about of like we all just get together and we fight the man yeah we hear that story yes. that stories in movies the story of someone internalizing it and blaming themselves and blaming other survivors is not one we hear so much 
And it's a really important point of view that this movie was able to capture. And mm-hmm. I think it was a great idea that they made this kind of composite character because they were able to put in things like that that you can't really get in the two main characters yes. because they are maybe more powerful, more direct, they're also, and suffered in a different way. Yeah, and they're only able to kind of do what they can do with those characters with what happened for real. Right. So with with the creation of the Kayla character, which is like a composite of multiple accounts from women who maybe didn't come forward as publicly or weren't as famous, they're able to kind of show that um, I think Megan Kelly in that situation was expecting Kayla to be like, yeah, me too. And like, thank you for coming forward and like kind of thanking her for it, which is something that is so ingrained of like women supporting women and right. like were against, you know, the man or, um, you know, whoever the the perpetrator of this abuse is. Um, but you're allowed to be angry at other women. You're allowed to hold them accountable for things that um, they've done. And I think that it's really important to show that she isn't just supposed to be mad at Roger Ailes. She can be mad at the people who didn't stop this 20 years ago and who didn't step up and step forward and say, like, this happened to me. Yeah, I guess in that way, it's a real call to action Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think that that it was such an important thing to show and i really um if there was like a moment where i could have cheered during the movie that was definitely one of them because you see that hurt and that um like feeling of like you could have stopped this and Mm -hmm. how let down she feels by this woman who i'm sure working at fox news and watching this super famous woman and realizing that she too has faults and she too didn't do the right thing. I think um, her trying to come to terms with that is so amazing to watch. Yeah, it kind of shows you that there's no right way to be a survivor. There's no right way to get over this. What you're feeling is justified. However you feel is okay. And there's a way to work through things yeah it was yeah it's an interesting take that we don't get to see a lot and it's it was it was well done Mm -hmm. and i think that part not fictional but a composite character that's where the the writing of the movie really shines Mm -hmm. absolutely um so next i kind of wanted to talk about the i really liked kayla in this movie i don't know i i thought i really liked her character because um you kind of get the past tense recounting of um, Gretchen and Megan. Um, This is it happening in real life. And it feels so close to home when you're watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, As someone who worked in retail and was like 18 once and, you know, was asked by older male bosses to go to the bar and hand out business cards for free drinks. It's like being sexualized like that happens all the time and you really don't realize it's happening until someone speaks up and says um i didn't realize how sketchy that was until many years later so Mm -hmm. it's definitely amazing to watch her go through this in like the modern time as well as hearing those older accounts and um that whole scene with uh kayla and roger in the office you just like like I felt like squirming the entire time. It was such a powerful scene in that that is exactly how you would feel 
or like how I would imagine someone would feel in that situation where you're like, hey, but I really want this job. And if this is what I have to do, I guess this is what I have to do. And not seeing any other choice. And it's also really powerful that we get the story of what happened to these people. Because in so many movies, if this kind of thing is dealt with, it's often like a straight up rape trial, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's telling people that unless it's something this big, then like really does it matter? Mm -hmm. And that was such a narrative in news stories. And like when this was coming out, people were saying like, oh, well, she had to do a twirl. What's the big deal? And this is showing like, yes, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And one little thing, it's never just one little thing. It's always all of these things, even if it's not straight out physical assault. Mm -hmm. That doesn't diminish what these people are going through. It's not just because it's not someone fearing for their life doesn't mean it's not a valuable story. And I think because in movies, because it's more cinematic to have those like really big events, Mm -hmm. things like that, where people are constantly in fear of their life and it's an abusive husband that you don't get to see these stories that are so commonplace and could be stopped, Mm -hmm. right? But people feel like, I think people feel like they're alone. And it's great to have a movie that's going to, to speak for those people. And maybe it's inspiring someone. So it's... I think it's very successful at that. I think that's what I hope comes out of this movie is that it inspires people to speak up and come forward and feel like it's like it could work out in their favor if they come forward. Mm -hmm. I think um, part of this whole culture is teaching women that if they come out, your life is ruined. That's that's it. Yes. And I think that this movie kind of takes a step towards saying like it will be okay, And there are other people out there like you and that you're not alone. And uh, towards the end of the movie, I kept getting Gretchen Carlson and Megyn Kelly mixed up. But uh, one I think of them... you asked me like three times during the movie. Because <laughs> I get the names mixed up because mm-hmm. I'd already knew both personalities, yes. but I, they were kind of interchangeable. So next time, like, I pick a Japanese movie. If any of you out there are saying, like, I can't tell one character from another. Like, I got through Bombshell trying to figure out all of them. <laughs> and they look identical. So they I'm do. not going to hear anything from on my samurai movies. But... Uh, one of them was saying how how great it was to be the person that makes others feel safe to come forward. But then you get in the epilogue that she can't even talk about it, though, because mm-hmm. she is censored because she's signed a non-disclosure agreement of some sort. For a settlement. Yes. Yeah. So in the movie's world, and I guess this is where we kind of separate the movie from real life, in how this movie works out, you feel like... Yes, she achieved something, but still she's being held back by mm-hmm. the system. So that's it's showing you there's more work to be done. I we have to keep just going. Gonna say that, yeah. But of course, in the real world, I take that as like, well, yeah, she's got paid off millions of dollars, and mm-hmm. it kind of reminds you of who those characters are in their like not so great moments mm-hmm. that we see here. But I guess maybe I'm changing my mind about how this movie is just the account of the story because the movie is better than the account of the story Mm -hmm. because the account of the story is marred with the terrible people that are in here on both sides of it while in the movie you get a much more pure sense and it concentrates on that one good aspect of them so i guess yeah again i'm so conflicted because you can't just whitewash that away but also it's in favor of telling a very important story Mm -hmm. so it's a i don't even know 
It's very complicated, but the movie does a good job of showing stories that often are ignored. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I agree with everything that you're saying. But I think that if you look at this movie as being any TV station or any media conglomerate around the world, you'd probably find something like this and a story like this that could be told, which is why I think it would take away from the story to focus on who these people actually are in real life. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'm just going back to what I kept saying. Mm -hmm. It's an important movie. Mm -hmm. It's not a great movie. It's an important movie. So one thing I think this movie did a really good job of was costuming and kind of making up these super famous people um, like Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, John Lithgow. Like, I think they did not all look like themselves. I agree and not because there's... (laughs) Some great makeup. Yeah. So Charlize Theron plays Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly, and she looks great. They put some prosthetics on her, mm-hmm. and she doesn't look like herself. She looks quite a bit like like Megan Kelly. Mm-hmm. I've seen a bit of Megan Kelly in real life. The accent thing that Charlize Theron that, like, does that like voice that she does. She does this voice where she kind of talks like this a lot, and it was bizarre. Is that what she sounds like? Am I just forgetting how... I think she does have kind of a lower, more serious voice. I Yes, lower, more serious, but she had this weird accent and delivery to Maybe it. Maybe it was just the way Charlize Theron was trying to do it. I guess. It, that was one thing. It took me out a lot. And maybe it's spot on. So maybe I'm wrong, but I kept going like, why is she talking like that? Mm-hmm. She t- sounds like, what's his name? Sam the Eagle from Muppets? <laughs> I forget. John Lithgow had a bunch of prosthetic stuff on too. Mm-hmm. And the first few times I saw him, I was like, what is that? That looks terrible. But that was one that I quickly got over. Yeah. And then it was just like, yep, that's that's Ailes. Yeah. Um, it definitely did a good job uh, making him seem like that feeble old man. And at a couple times during the movie, he says, I didn't always look like this. Right. And like Charlize Theron's character said, the man has a walker. He can't still be doing this, but he is still doing yeah. this. Um, I thought that the prosthetics making him look like that did such a good job of um, making you realize just how long he'd been doing this. Right. Just by how old he was. There was one part that was very bizarre to me. Bill O'Reilly pops up in this, and he looks like... Is he CG? Is it makeup on a person? It was was so strange to me. You mean the actor playing Bill O'Reilly? I don't know, because if you told me that there's no person in there and it's all digital, I'd be like, yeah, okay, it kind of looked like it. He looked like Bill O'Reilly, like, a lot. But he also looked, like, uncanny. He didn't look real. Right. I could see that. He looked, yeah, very much like Bill O'Reilly. So if there was a person that was playing him, they looked so much like him, but they also looked just strange and then at one point they cut over to Geraldo Rivera and I laughed and laughed and I wasn't sure if I was laughing because it was such a bad Geraldo or such a good Geraldo I'm not sure but it was ridiculous looking but then you look at Geraldo and you're like yeah you're ridiculous looking so maybe it's good (laughs) um I don't actually remember what he looked like but I'll take your word for it um, this was a definitely a movie where I had to kind of Google what everybody looked like because I wanted to, like, obviously, you're interested in knowing just how alike they are. And one of the things I couldn't get over was Gretchen's hair. And I'm like, no, that's actually just the hair that she has. 
Gretchen Carlson has that weird choppy bang thing in the front and like the really blunt cut blonde um, hair that Nicole Kidman was wearing as a really bad wig. But (laughs) (laughs) no, that's just Gretchen Carlson's hair. I think the only time I felt anyone was miscast was, as I mentioned earlier, Richard Kind plays Rudolph Giuliani, Mm -hmm. which was strange because that was the only time where I didn't know that that's who he was supposed to be. Because the rest of them look like who they're supposed to be. Very much so. Richard Kind was just Richard Kind. Yeah, I definitely think that they could have either made him up differently to look more like Giuliani or... um, Get someone else. Picked someone else. (laughs) Um... That was one that I Googled that I did not understand um, the first time I watched it. Um, one thing that I Googled was the um, the settlements that they kind of mention at the end. Right. And, I mean, it's great that Fox paid all that money to, like, the victims of sexual harassment. But they still paid an extra $15 million um, more to Ailes and O'Reilly. Yes, yeah. So the people who, the perpetrators got more money than people who experienced all this. And I definitely think that this could be something where they could claim, you know, like dismissal with cause and not have to pay out the rest of their contracts. Because that is absolutely how it would work in the real world. But the fact that Roger Ailes would make like $50 million just by himself while being fired and disgraced by the company that he'd helped build, it really just says that this is just going to keep happening. Yes. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Because, yes, people lost their jobs, but their lives were not ruined. People who did this are millionaires. They're retired millionaires. Of course, Ailes is dead, so at least we got that. That's why this movie was made. (laughs) Still, he... uh, was able to enjoy the rest of his time. Yeah. And now his wife is very, very rich. How did you feel about the look of this movie? I thought it was very kind of true to form for what I thought this would look like. It kind of just looks like one of those newsroom TV dramas, but an elevated version of it. It's definitely more Hollywood. But um, I think uh, the sets were really good. And this could have been any TV newsroom. There's one part of this movie in the direction that I really disliked. And it was when characters would turn and talk to the camera. Oh, yeah. Did you find that odd? I didn't like the beginning when Megyn Kelly is giving us like a tour of Fox. Mm-hmm. And it would be all right if they would continue with it. But it was mm-hmm. used in such odd places. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Big Short, and it was trying to take something, it was about um, investment banking for the Mm -hmm. most part, and it was trying to take something that's a pretty dry subject and make it like a popcorn movie. So what they would do is, they'd go like, oh, here to explain this is Selena Gomez, and Selena Gomez would just come up and tell you about hedge funds or whatever it is. And it was... I did not like it. And a lot of people said like, oh, what a great inventive way to explain this. And this was bordering on a lot of the things they did in the big short. I don't think it's the same director, but they would talk to the camera and I was like, okay, that's fine. Are you going to continue with that? Because Mm -hmm. there would be a gap of an hour where they didn't do that. And then when it would go back to that, it was especially strange. But what bothered me the most is there was a moment where you're hearing a character's inner monologue. So you're hearing their thoughts and that's fine. But you're hearing them thinking, and then they look to the camera and talk to the camera. Yeah. But isn't that just what they were thinking? Why would you have an inner monologue 
talking to the camera and then them talking to another character as if we hadn't heard those other two things. Yeah, it's strange. And I felt like it really took away from like the drama and the suspense of this movie. And maybe they were trying to make sure that it wasn't just a super heavy movie with no moments of like the real world or levity or... Yeah, it was just used so sporadically that every time it happened, it seemed weird. While if it was going on throughout, you'd be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just what they do in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And it definitely kind of broke you out of the spell of the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion on Bombshell today. I'd really like to hear what other people thought of this movie. So, Indy, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I think we covered everything. Mm -hmm. That there's some problematic stuff they leave out, but we kind of get why they were doing it. You're... You're losing your audience who cares about how racist these characters are, but you are telling an important message. Absolutely. I think that what they did is very important, and this movie is important, but I think that looking at the actual people as any sort of feminist hero, you can't really do because Mm -hmm. feminism should be for all women, not just rich white women. And that's who they were looking out for. True. And it's a great movie because it's able to give you some insight into people that we often don't hear about, versions of this that we don't get to see in film and in the media in general. So it's really important for that. But I wish that we got some more time about this kind of manipulative atmosphere at Fox News, Mm -hmm. about more characters and less focus on this kind of heroic journey of two of the women specifically. Mm-hmm. The addition of the third was was great, and that was a very smart idea by the writers. But we have these images of like all of these people handing out, like, I'm with Roger, or whatever it is, t-shirts. And that is such a good insight into this world, because I think it was even, was it even like a black woman who was standing up for Roger Ailes? I you might have been. I believe it was a black woman. Okay. But it was a woman. Yeah. Who is standing up for this guy. So I would have loved to have seen more exploration of how everyone was just so indoctrinated in this world. And how these things were so commonplace that it wasn't even a complaint anymore. Mm -hmm. I think the inclusion of more of that would have uh, made the story more well-rounded and less about these heroic characters who aren't all that heroic if you look too much into them. But I see why they did it. It's an important movie and I definitely think everyone should go out and watch it. Okay. How about you? I agree with pretty much everything that you said. Uh, It's problematic, but I think that by ignoring part of the problem, they're able to focus on something that doesn't get quite as much focus in mainstream uh, kind of movies and media. Yeah. So I definitely think it's not without its faults, but I think it's a very important movie to see. And hopefully it kind of opens up the dialogue on that kind of thing. Yeah. And if I sound like I'm coming down hard on it, it's more like, It's not that this movie has a lot of faults. So these real world people have a lot of faults. Right. So it's not the movie's fault that those people were jerks. Yes. True. Uh, One other little thing before we go. Kate McKinnon's character is a lesbian in this, but we don't really get to see too much of how hard that is for her. So she had a great speech at the Golden Globes. Oh, yeah. Um, Go listen to that speech. She's able to actually freely speak her mind while in the movie that's not what this movie was really about so go check that out for for some more eloquent things than her character said awesome 
Okay, well, that was us talking about Bombshell, and we will see you next week when Indy reveals what we're going to be watching uh, the, the coming week. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I have something fun for you guys. Excellent. Okay, well, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>